All right, you dirtbags. We are back. This is podcast number two for the night, Luke. How are we doing? Number two, brother. I am sitting great. How are you doing? Cheers. You went and got a, you took a little pee break. You got a fresh drink in you. Yeah. Little refill. Uh, We don't, we don't get to do these often, but I I like the double podcast nights. We just crank them out, get them done. And uh, the second one, I think is usually a little bit more electric than the first. I agree. The first one, we're still kind of getting warmed up. It's like the intro when we have somebody on, we're kind of feeling things out a little bit. Once we get into the second podcast of the night, you and I are dialed. Little, you know, just feeling it out. It's just you yeah, and I were like, hey, how, how's it going? But uh, dude, so we got to dive. So I didn't even tell you this before we started recording. Um, I didn't know when I was going to do this, but got a little surprise. So the Dirt Bags podcast. We started February 2022. Yep. We have been rocking and rolling. I think this is, you know, episode 38 or 39, something like that. Uh, the support has been unreal. You know, the Dirt Bags around the country and around the world have been, you know, basically carrying us like through all of this. And so without the support of everyone, like we wouldn't be able to be sitting here. We have crossed. 50,000 all-time downloads. So huge shout-out and thanks to you, Luke. Huge shout-out to Brandon, our producer. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, And most importantly, anyone and everyone that listens, engages, shares the podcast, rates us on Spotify, like whatever it is. uh, Yeah, we just crossed 50K, and that is a huge milestone I've been looking forward to. And uh, yeah, just thought I'd kick off the podcast with that. 50,000. Hell yeah. We are. Hey, our goal is to reach over a hundred thousand by February then. Yep. Right. Give us that year. Give us a hundred K easy. Dude, it's going to happen. And you know, with that too, Luke, I know you and I have been talking about this. Um, and we reached out to quite a few dirtbags who listen to the podcast and it's always been a goal of ours not even a goal. It's always been our principle to make this a business. It always, it started as a business. It will continue as a business because the more resources we make, the more we can invest into the podcast, into our speakers, into events, future, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are, we get to bring on, um, a couple ad sponsors. And so we are officially opening that up. Um, you know, something we had talked about back and forth of like, you know, is, is that going to ruin the show? Is that going to make it like people not want to listen? Everyone we talked to was like, screw it, go for it. Like Bring we on. want to see this thing succeed. We want to see you guys keep going. And uh, so that just gave me the confidence too, to like, yeah, let, when we hit 50 K let's open it up. Um, let's bring some more you know products and services to the dirt bags that listen, because a lot of times that's what they're looking for too, is like what other products and services are out there for us to use. And we can now bring that to them, um, you know, through the form of like a quick 30 second ad read. Yeah. Well, and also with those, you know, with those ads, right. Or with those companies that come on, we're going to vet them, right. Either you or myself or somebody that we know really well has either used them, is using them or looking at using them. You know, they have to have some sort of value that aligns with our value or our principles or our goals, right? So they're not going to be just random companies. They'll be companies that, you know, we approve of and, you know, would use. Yeah, 100%. And 
that's that's the fun thing is that you know we're completely open for business i believe when we talked we we're looking for like four ad spots you know two at the beginning two short 30 second ones two in the middle and then that's it and it's um you know ideally we get to use the product or use the service before bringing them on and so uh yeah dude i'm just excited for this next chapter to keep growing it uh, i know dirtbags university is coming up october 16th 7 30 p.m uh, if you haven't registered yet you can register on the dirtbags podcast.com website uh or in uh if you go on instagram on the dirtbags uh instagram you can just click on the link there and you can see the dirtbags university registration like that has been a blast and that is a little bit of a money maker for us as well uh just to keep investing into the company amen to that amen to that but that being said, without further ado, Luke, I say we get right into our rant topic. Let's do it, dude. Hell yeah. Okay, so this kind of builds off of, honestly, our last one, right? Our last rant topic was kind of loving where you're at. And this was a question that I got to where it can, it can, we can broaden the horizons on the conversation with this because loving where you're at is good, but there also has to be things to understand, right? You can't always just live in the now. And I know we kind of focused about talking. You got to live in the now. You got to understand where you're at. You got to love where you're at. You got to, you know, appreciate the experiences and learn from it, right? A hundred percent. So the question that I got, let me pull it up here. Give me a second. It was, I'm looking back here. Okay. The question was, how am I supposed to be in the now when I have the future to worry about? That is, that's a very good observation towards the podcast, right? Because you and I never really touched on that. Yeah. You know, the best way to put it, in my opinion, and Luke, chime in if you think, you know, this is wrong. But what I had written down from that is be in the now for the experience, but look into the future for motivation. If you're in the now, right, there's lessons that can be learned. There's mistakes that are going to be made to where you can learn from and apply in the future, Right. If you look into the future for motivation, right, you can look at vision boards, you can look at, you know, other people's Instagrams, you can look at whatever and be, I want to be in that situation, or I would love to be in this area of business or this, you know, size of a company, use that as motivation, right? But you can't dwell on it and look at it as, oh, I'm not there, I'm failing. You have to look at it as a driver instead of, almost like a demotivator in the best way. Yeah. I think the way I like to look at it is you have to build the fire first before you yeah. pour gas on it. Uh, and I think that goes perfectly to what you're saying, because if you just have dirt and you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to use this motivation and this mission that we're going for, and we're just going to pour a bunch of gas on it. It's just going to like, you're just going to have wet dirt. You know, right. nothing's going to happen, but you got to build that fire first of like living in the present, being grateful and thankful for where you're at, building something today, like laying that perfect brick every single day and realizing that you're not going to have a whole big ass wall right away. Like you have to just keep laying those perfect bricks every day. And I think it also goes perfectly into something we've talked about before in delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, that is the number one trait or personality or skill an entrepreneur can have is delayed gratification. Doesn't mean you never have to pay yourself. Doesn't mean you never will get anything until you're retired. 
all it means is that, you know, you need to build the engine first, which is your, your business. And then you need to build the car around the engine, which are your systems, your business, your people, everything that goes around it. Then that business is just going to keep driving. It's going to keep going. And you're going to be thankful that you didn't just suck everything out of it before you even built the engine. The saying, paint the picture, build the business. Rome was not built in a day, neither will your business. The Somebody related to it, and I can't remember who, but they related building businesses to painting pictures. When you paint a picture, you have references. You are you are looking at something. You are indulging something. You are you are creating, you know, an image in your head for you to paint the picture. And if you're doing that when you're painting the picture, why can't you do it with the business? Why can you? You can look at other people's. You can you can look at strengths. You can look at weaknesses. You can look at opportunities. You can look at whatever the case, and you and you paint that picture of the business in your head. And social media does a really bad job of almost making people feel bad. And people have to get out of that rut to where paint that picture. Look at where you're at, learn those lessons, apply them and build off of. So I'll push back on that there. Um, And more so, I'll just use LinkedIn as an example. I get so many people reach out to me saying like our story or our um, business is, is like inspiring and it's all this. And to me, it's just, it's the whole journey. It's like, yeah, I mean, this is what our whole goal was from the start, but, um, using that like for good, I think can happen. And so I guess that would be my, my pushback to you is saying like, you know, can you use some of the positives from running your business or even transparency of like how you're running your business, how you're dealing with the negatives, how you keep on pushing forward to inspire other people that like, yeah, if they hate their job and they've hated it for 10 years, can you do something different? Absolutely. And like, just maybe showing them that there are other things out there and there are more positive um, things out there, even if it is running your own business. I think a lot of people give entrepreneurship or running a business a hard time. They say it's like, you know, you're going to own a job for 24 hours a day, or you, you leave an eight hour, eight hour a day job to have one for 24 hours a day. But it's like, they don't have that vision of like what it's going to be. And that delayed gratification, I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. The people that I don't agree with on the social media standpoint is, you know, the ones that create a false reality, the ones, for sure. you know, that, that have no idea what it takes Right. If and then also the people that are looking at those people, right, they create a false reality for themselves. Well, this person got here by doing X, Y, and Z. If I do the same things, I'll be there. Say they try that, they implement it, and it doesn't work. Then people are like, well, I'm a failure, you know, or look at this person's equipment. If they can do it, I can do it. Right. You try it and you fail. And then you automatically think, well, I can't do it. Everybody is so different. And the problem with social media is people only highlight the good, right? Or there it's those people that, you know, have no idea and they're representing something that isn't even true. That's, that's, that's kind of the point that I'm trying to get into is don't compare yourself because everybody is so different, but yes, you do have to, you do have to look towards the future. You can look at social media, you can look at people's stories, right? And learn from them. It's 
finding those people that are true and they're transparent and they actually, you know, mean what they say and represent what they say and, you know, uphold themselves to a high standard. Those are the people you want to look out after or, you know, look, you know, up to in a way. Yeah. It's a slippery slope too. I think one thing that's helped me is associating myself or just like at least listening or following people that uh, line up with more than just one of my principles. So if growing a big business is the only principle I'm looking at, that's probably not a great thing. And so it's like, okay, do they line up with like my faith or how I treat people or how I want to manage, you know, my team and things like that, because somebody can have a big business and everything else could be shit. And it's like, do you want that? So I think also realizing, um, yeah, like some people can paint a fake picture for you. And if that's all you're focused on, uh, I think you need to bring in some other aspects to like your worldview, honestly. Paint your own picture. Yeah. Find things that motivate you, find your passion, find something that you can relate to and set goals. That is your basis. That is your picture and build your, you know, build your business based on that. One thing, uh, I love goals. I, you know, try and set for me, it, it's hard to set the 10 year goal. Um, I, uh, it's always ever changing. I would never recommend somebody set 10 year goals. Yeah. Right? I, the most I would say is probably five. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going through, um, traction right now, that book and it says 10 year goal, but then it's like, whatever you're comfortable with, usually five year so I kind of switched it to five year, but um, I was looking at it and I have a very strong goal for the end of this year. And then after, and more so like financially and revenue wise after that, like it's kind of open. So I think that's the exciting part too, is like reevaluating re your goals and not just saying like, I'm going to be stuck in this rat wheel of a goal forever and make it like a negative thing, but just like, yeah once we accomplish this, let's reevaluate, like, where do we want to go? It doesn't mean we have to just keep shooting up or like staying steady or going down. It's like, well, are there other things we want to do? Are there other business goals we want to achieve? And so I think the ability to reevaluate your goals every three months, every year, and especially, you know, every five years, um, is just a very healthy thing that you can do. I agree. The cool thing about goals too, is you can set them however high you want. And if you don't achieve them, right, there's no repercussion other than the one you set for yourself, right? Like you, if I don't achieve this goal by February, I'm done. I can't drink. I can't drink until I, you know, achieve this goal, right? In that situation, yeah. if you set a goal and you don't achieve it, it's not like you're going out of business. It just right. gives you something to work towards. And I, I don't want to say people forget that, but it's people are very hard on themselves if they don't achieve them. Yeah. That's where the love and where you're at kind of comes in. You've got to appreciate what you've built. You've got to, you've got to look at the opportunities that presented themselves, the ones that you executed on and the ones that you, you know, you did very well. And then the ones also that you didn't do well on and you learn the lessons right? The lessons are where you have the value because then you can apply. There's going to be similar situations in the future from the lessons or failures that you had. You can apply that situation to your future very easily because there's going to be a lot of situations that'll mimic or almost mirror 
what happened in, you know, say a previous one that didn't have the outcome that you wanted and you'll have better knowledge of what to do next time. Yeah. One of the things I love is, uh, this coaching group I'm a part of, you know, we always set our goals, uh, every three months and there's always a, a big, um, reward and then a consequence. And so no matter what, like you can't just get an award anytime you hit a goal and there'd be zero consequences, but the way I look at it and the way most people in our group look at it, it's, it's kind of like a, a game because you're, you're fighting with yourself of like, how, how can I push myself in a healthy way to achieve these goals? But also, uh, if I don't hit it, something's got to happen, you know, there can't just be like a little slap on the wrist. And so some of the things that people do is actually kind of funny. Like some of the consequences are like write a $5,000 check to your opposing political party. So like if you're a Republican, you have to donate to the Democrats and you know, mine, I talked about it a while ago, but, um, I would give up drinking. And so my, I think it was last year, like I didn't hit my goal. And so I gave up drinking until I hit it. And so it ended up being another four months, but it was, it's kind of like a game, but at the same time, there are consequences, but I'm not beating myself up over it. It's like, it's, it's healthy consequences, I would say, and healthy rewards where it's like, yeah, let's keep this thing growing in the right way and uh, keep the excitement going. Because I don't know, I think the worst thing, not the worst thing, but a bad thing you can get into is monotony where it's just like the same thing every single day. There's no vision, there's no goals. And you just like ride off into the sunset for 40 years until you retire. Correct. Correct. And something with the construction industry, there's nothing that like our day-to-day operations are very rarely the same. There's no project that'll have the same details as the one prior. So yeah, again, you got to love where you're at, but you have to have motivators along the way. Yeah. So again, you got to live in the moment. You've got to take the mistakes, look at them as your tuition, have a vision board, Andy Frisella talks about this. I wanted to own a Lamborghini. I wanted to own this. I wanted to own this. And I stuck them up and I thought about them each day. I knew what it had to take to get them. So I executed based on those principles. It's the same thing with business. Okay. I want to have a 30 excavator fleet in five years. Okay. What do I have to do to achieve that? I've got one now. What type of work do I have to try to learn to try to, you know, adapt to, to get those excavators or whatever the case may be. Just motivation is good. Use it for good motivation and do not dwell on it and look at it as, well, this person's here. I should be above them or I should be doing this. I should be doing that. That is the killer. Yeah. And I think one thing that people get into and can get into is chasing other people and realizing that, you know, they're chasing growth or they're chasing um, to be a bigger company. But I think you need to drill down into the why, like, where do you want to be and why? And is that a $5 million a year company? Why do you want to be there? And so I think you have to be a little bit clearer because if you're not, if you're just chasing, like, I just want to keep growing forever and just be giant, like you may just be chasing your tail. And so figure out kind of where you want to be and why, and then like hone in on that further, accomplish that goal, and then kind of reevaluate and see where you're at and like, do we want to keep growing? Do we want to sustain this? Do we want to bring in more, you know, healthy people? Like how do we want to tackle these goals? I agree. I agree. And we got another one. 
Ready. No one cares what you say. People only care about results. What are your thoughts on that statement? Oh, I love that fucking statement because it is so true. You, the, the quote, the most dangerous person in the room is the most quiet, right? I could tell a customer that we are the best in this way and that way and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we provide the best service. Everybody's going to be telling people on those same principles, right? The only thing that matters in that instance is how well you execute. So I see it all the time. People sell their services. Great. You have to do that. Don't oversell your services, right? Get your point across. Tell people what you do. Tell people your process and let them make their opinion based off that. Then if they do decide to go with you, execute. Over prom or you know, over deliver, under promise. Yeah. I, I see it all. Oh, it pisses me off. It pisses me. Oh, I could go on an hour topic of this. You know, and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be dirt world related. But I I remember in college, there would be guys telling me how cool they are and whatever. And you know, there's so many instances where I'm like, I want to punch you in the fucking face. I don't give a fuck who you are. What have you accomplished? What are you about? What are your morals? What are your goals? And, oh, yeah. Oh, I could get really fired up about that one. But yeah, that's a really good topic. So I love how you mentioned the under promise over deliver because I got caught in this snag. Uh, it was probably like earlier this year, maybe February. Um, you know, we we're trying to bring on a client is, you know, a bit of a bigger client. And we're like, you know, it was a little bit of a stretch. And so I like started selling more and I started yep. overselling and I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but about four to six months later, looking back, I was like, that was my biggest downfall there. Like I was starting to oversell what we provide and yep. I it was blinders, right? Your blinders because yeah. you wanted that client. You were, I will, I will do whatever it try or whatever it takes to try to get them on. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just an absolute train wreck and great people, absolute train wreck and speak. A lot of times it's the expectations. And so it might sound terrible. I try and lower the bar as much as I can, uh, as much as I can, because then if they still want to go with us, they're trusting, you know, from where I talk, where I sold them at, they're mm -hmm. trusting that, you know, they're going to take care of us. And I know for sure we're going to over deliver two to 10 X of that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because when you're starting out, it's a lot tougher. Uh, when you have one or two or five clients, it's like, how do you get people to trust you or how do you get people in the door? And so I think that's a tricky scenario where you're not trying to oversell, but people don't know who you are. So how do you even get them to work with you? Describing your process, I think would be the best right? Giving them kind of a layout of here's what we are going to do. Here's our projected timeframes, right? And here's your end result by not over promising, oh, I'm going to get this done in a half a day and it takes you three, right? That doesn't look good. Be realistic, be upfront, be honest. And people can smell bullshit. Yeah. It is very easy to tell when somebody's kind of speaking out of their ass. Customers and people you deal with, they can tell that too. So when you do do that, you're almost discrediting yourself, I feel like. So on that topic, 
I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think the future of the industry is like? Because we have, in my opinion, we have a lot of guys that have just started their business within the last three years. What do you think the future of the industry is like when most people are focused on results and they don't necessarily care what you say? I think it's going to be very word of mouth driven, right? It's, it follows the trend of, I don't want to call it fake news, yeah, but it's people understand fallacies on social media. Now they understand misrepresentations to where I really do think it's going to go back to like a word of mouth type industry to yeah. where I think of like the general contractors in our area, all of them know each other. All of them talk, right? They're in the same golf clubs. They're in the same fucking pickleball rooms. They know each other. So they're having these conversations. So if they have a bad, you know, result or a bad project and you're the reason for that, people are going to hear about it. But if you do really well and you overpromise and you say what you're going to do and you take care of that person. Overpromise? Underpromise. Sorry, not overpromise. Underpromise. And you take care of that person. Overdeliver is what I meant to say. Um, people are going to hear about it. And that is going to be your biggest driver because everybody is trying to run on the same principles right now. Yeah. We were in an industry that was so results driven, that was on word of mouth. Social media was introduced. Everybody adopted the principle of we, we do very honest work. We charge more. We do really good work, blah, blah, blah. People believe that because they saw that on their, on their websites. They saw that on their social yeah. media. Because again, everybody is representing the good. Everybody is representing everything that goes well. To where I don't I don't know what people's stance are as far as like the media, but the media, I mean, they there's definitely things that they hide. There's definitely things that they, you know, hold from people, which businesses do that as well. And again, people smelling the bullshit, they see that. So again, in my opinion, I think it is going to go back to a very word of mouth based, relationship based industry. So if you are just starting out, do not fuck over anybody do yeah. your best to keep a very good reputation. Cause I think your reputation will always follow. People will always remember if you did them good or if you did them bad. Yeah. Always goes back to transparency. I mean, just it, cause you're going to have these times where you maybe even accidentally screw somebody over or you accident, like things are going to fall through. People are going to lose money. Projects are going to get delayed. It's just going to happen. But the more transparent you can be, whether it's on the front end of like your expectations and your contract and uh, your bidding and your estimating, it's just being more transparent and upfront when something does fall through will only help you long-term. So don't, don't burn down the town just to solve a $20,000 project or because you're mad and pissed off at somebody. It's like, how can you build for the future and build long-term? And yeah, I mean, I always think like, do your best not to burn any bridges. Uh, if somebody's coming guns a blazing at you, that's a different story, but don't be the instigator. Do your job, run your business, take care of your family, take care of your people, um, and just do good, honest work and, and be as transparent as possible. Yeah. Well, it's like the situation you and I were talking about. Something happened that, you know, something 20 years ago happened. 
right? Because it was a bad instance or the person, you know, they were young or whatever the case may be, they made a mistake 20 years down the road. There's people that remember that. So yeah, don't burn it down, do whatever you can to try to get in front of it. And all you can do is your best. And if your best still doesn't work, probably wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Control what you can control. Uh, you today at this very moment, what is the situation and what can you control? If you're already let go from a job or a contract and it was for some BS reason that you don't believe in, go talk to them about it. Just Mm -hmm. give them your honest opinion. Uh, don't, yeah, don't go guns a blazing. Like, don't just like start yelling at them. Just like you already let go. So how can we, can we rectify this? Maybe not, but if anything, that would be better if we could, if not, we'll go on our separate ways, but just having some of that mutual respect, um, can go a long way too. And you you never know, like it, it could, could uh, always come back. Things could always, always come, come back. back. It's, it's refer- how you handle situations. A referral could come back from that company. Maybe they can't work with you, but they can refer out somebody that will want to work with you. Um, I think at the end of the day, companies are run by people. People will look at other people and you know make their best decision based off of that. And so if they see somebody has good character, but they can't work with them for any reason, they may be able to refer somebody your way because like, hey, this guy's doing it the right way you know, go work with him. Correct. Correct. So don't be the loudest guy, right? Under the radar is always good. There's, you know, every, there's different personalities. Great. But being humble is very easy. Don't try to be above anybody. I've learned that the hard way sometimes where I think I'm this big business owner who does this. There's always going to be somebody bigger and there's always somebody that you can learn more from. So always keep that in mind. Yeah. And to go off that, Luke, I would say there's always somebody bigger. There's always somebody smaller. Like, what does it matter? Like, you know, use what you can do to have mentors and to have mentees and just like, you know, make the industry that you're in better. And so I think sometimes, you know, especially in construction, we get caught up in beating out our competitors. But at the end of the day, it's like, how can we as a whole industry raise our prices, raise our quality of living, our quality of projects so that we can bring in more workforce, more laborers, and that we can just start thriving as an industry. So I think it's uh, easier said than done, but sometimes like banding together can really help. I agree. I agree. Well said. And just having some understanding, having some humility, having some respect for others, and then also respect for yourself in the, in a simple way to put it. So, but I think that's a podcast. Dude, that was a good time. That was a good one. I, I love these rants because they're always applicable somehow, somewhere. And I thought of two other topics when we were talking about that, that could really play into that. Um, So I'm going to say one of them, removing emotion. Luke and I will be doing a rant on removing emotion from situations because now. uh no, I'm no just kidding. Right. No, that's going to be another episode cuz that's going to be make sure you text it to me and send me some details cuz th- this always happens Luke will text me like a few jumbled sentences he's like this is for the rant episode and then my brain goes in like 100 miles an hour and I think of like a whole episode in like 2 minutes and I'm trying to text you that episode when I'm thinking about it and I'm like oh I'll remember and I don't 
and then we'll start recording or we'll we'll jump on zoom and we'll be like all right so i got this text we're ready to go right and you're like dude i don't i don't even know what we're talking about you're like i don't remember do you remember that conversation luke and you're like no i'm like dude you, you sent me a jumbled up text but yeah um no i i love it these rants are a blast the q a's have been fun and then uh yeah having the guests on is is always a good time i feel like that's where i learned the most because you and i we plan out I'd say probably like a quarter of it, you know, where we have like some questions that we want to guide it a little bit, but then I find myself like halfway through or three quarters way through asking questions that I genuinely am interested in. I'm just like, dude, how do you do this? Or how does this work? And so you mentioned this, what are, what are the transition points or what are your thought process? Yeah. The, the, the amount of substance I've learned just in the last two years of doing the podcast has been wild. So I'm just excited to keep it rolling, you know, keep bringing people on that, that we can learn from. Uh, and then of course, like, especially in the webinars too, we learn a ton of just pen to paper, yep. drink in hand, dialing it in for an hour and a half and, uh, feels of the industry going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. thank you guys for always listening to us, Luke. Thank you for your time. Good to see you, man. Peace.